Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The guys got this for six. It's gone. It's gone a long way. Goes to 98. Oh, he's hit that. That's gone all the way too. Beautifully played. Oh, that sounded superb. That is superb. <laughs> this is a special edition of the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by MasterCard. 20 years ago this month, Adam Gilchrist made his test debut and the five-day game was changed forever. Gilchrist exploits as a fine gloveman and bulldozing batter made the specialist wicketkeeper an extinct animal as the age of the keeper batsman was born. On this episode, Gilchrist goes over some of the highs and lows of his stunning test career with a couple of hypotheticals thrown in that will surely spark pub debates all around the world. Here's Adam Gilchrist. Enjoy. Adam Gilchrist, thanks for chatting to us. Now, we don't want to make you feel old here, but 20 years <laughs> since your test debut. Time flies. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it, it feels like a, in some ways a long time ago, in some ways it feels like it wasn't that long ago. When, when you think about everything that's happened in between, you know, November 99 and, and November 2019, uh, there's been a lot going. You've got a, got a boy about to graduate from high school. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, yeah, there's been a bit going on uh, and cricket-wise there was a lot that was packed in there as well, so... Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. All right, let's get stuck into it. November 5, mm-hmm. 1999, Taboo, Gabba, yep. Pakistan. Now, you weren't new to the Australian team at that point. 76 one days, it's called yep. 500s, averaging in the mid-30s. Um, but you replaced a guy named Ian Healy, mm. a bit of a local legend up there yep. in Brisbane. Uh, you didn't get the warmest of welcomes. Uh, <laughs> No, that's right. A lot of discussion about whether Heel should have had a farewell test match um, in, up there at the Gabba, but uh, whatever. The, and I'm all for fairy tale finishes if, if they're possible, so I wouldn't have been... Well, I was. there was no certainty that I was the guy they were going to call on. I had played a couple of years in one-day cricket, but you know, that didn't guarantee that I was going to replace uh, Heels in the test team. But um, I wouldn't have been that bothered if, I, if he'd played an extra game, if, if it... If I was told just wait one more, I would have happily waited. But uh, they they made a hard call there, and um, yeah, to be honest, the reception was was pretty good. It was okay. Yep. It was it it reminded me a lot when I went to WA and replaced Tim Zura. It was probably a lot more harsh then, because I was an unknown from New South Wales um, a few years prior. Whereas at least the Gabba crowd knew me, were familiar with me, and Heels wrote a really nice article the day of the test match, saying, look, don't boo him. Don't. <laughs> Not when he's in a green cap. When he's in a yellow Australian cap, hammer him. But, um, yeah, and then on top of that, to walk out to bat, and um, we bowled first, but then to walk out to bat, and the batting partner at the time was Mark Waugh, the guy that I'd opened with 
you know, 70 odd times. So there was a nice familiarity to it uh, that made me a little bit more comfortable. Got your baggy green cap presented by Bill Brown. Yep. Uh, were you the first uh, recipient of that sort of that new tradition? Because were there many before you and, and Bill Brown, I mean, an Australian legend to get that? Yeah, one of the invincibles. Um, Bill's a lovely man. Um, uh, look, I, I'm trying to think of the series prior to that. Yeah, it, I think Steve Waugh implemented that that ex-player coming in. Certainly, it may have happened before, but I think he rekindled it, Steve. Uh, so, yeah, Scott Muller and I together on debut. Um, and then from that moment on, you feel like you have a really... Uh, you have a sort of close link to anyone you debut with, but, but to Bill and his family and... I you know, tried to get to know him a little bit through, through that time because after that test, they then uh, four members of the Invincibles came down to Hobart for the second test and were with us the whole test match. So it was, yeah, really special, special memories. Oh, it went like a rocket. It was short. He plays those shots superbly. One of the best strikers in the world, Adam Gilchrist. Big back left, tremendous timing. And it raced away. 81 and you walked out there with Mark Waugh. <laughs> Was there any thinking when you got to the 80s? You're like, I could get 100 on debut here. <laughs> um, no, I don't remember starting to cast my mind forward to a possible 100. Oh, I was just sort of buzzing and, you know, to, to coin the cliche, living the dream out there. I'd, I'd, I'd got going in a test match for Australia and I managed to get, uh, had a good over against Mushtaq Ahmed, got him for, I think, five fours in and over. Uh, so that really, really kick-started my innings. He's found the gap again, so it's five from six. Terrific over for uh, Adam Gilchrist. But it, it wasn't that easy. It was, it was a pretty commanding win in the end, but, um, you know, that Akram, Wakar Yunus and Shoaib Akhtar steaming in and, mm. and any of those bowls of that quality, can you know, they can produce something pretty good at any stage and Shoaib did. <laughs> he just around <laughs> the wicket, uh, encroaching on 150 k's an hour yorker that just ripped my pegs out so that ended that so i didn't even get a chance to dream about the hundred on debut got him that's the length he was looking for that has been a problem for gilchrist this time it's full he's clean bowled on debut for 81. didn't get many of the next innings but your third test innings for australia 149 not out in that remarkable yeah. win down at bell revival you and justin langer put on uh, 238. Yep. JL got 127. Now you were at the other end. Did he nick it? There's a big shout. But uh, the umpire has not moved at all. So the fact that uh, some of this appealing is going on does tell you that there's a little bit of uh, a worry in the Pakistan camp. <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't actually hear any noise at the mm. time. It came down as a pretty comp confident appeal. Uh, and I said, did you get anything on that? And he, he said to me, nah, nah, nah. I think it might have been my handle. Mm. And that's the story he carried for about seven years. And then he fessed up, I think, a bit like tax. After seven <laughs> years, they can't go back. So he, um, he fessed up and, yeah, they were rightly disappointed at the time. But that's the, them's the breaks. And we, we got through there. That was a big win, that. That gave mm. us a lot of self-belief. The old creaky bat handle trick. Yeah, hey? that's yeah, right. Yeah. Now, that... That game, you hit the winning runs with Warney down the other end. Yeah. Uh, what did that do for you, like, second test match? I'm not sure how you were feeling 
coming into that test match uh, in test match arena, but what yeah. did that do for your confidence and the teams? Yeah, I guess every cricketer aspires to get into a team, whatever level it is, and then once you gain selection, you then want to set about cementing your spot and, and showing that you're, you're worthwhile, worthy of being there. So that was uh, had an amazing effect on me being comfortable that... Um, Yep, I'm now in that that test set up, but but I'm actually can carve out can carve out my own identity, I guess. And a bit like I said, going to Western Australia, Tim Zuru is a local legend and mm. great servant, uh, very you know talented cricketer, great results. I couldn't try to be him. I was different to him. I was taller than him. He was more athletic than me. Dive and took speckies and rolled, and he was a great athlete and. Uh, and then coming in, replacing heels, again, I'm a different body shape, different style of cricketer. Um, but I just couldn't try to be them. I tried to learn what I could from them. Tried to maintain a standard, aspire to maintain a standard similar to those guys. Uh, but that innings and, and that sort of breakthrough couple of test matches allowed me to, I guess, start to forge my own identity. So I just had to be sort of Adam Gilchrist, really. I wasn't trying to be Ian Healy. You know, against Shane, keeping to Shane Warne or the Glenn McGrath because Hills was his standards were so exceptional. But I do remember going into the change rooms after you know a record run chase, you know euphoric change rooms. Justin Langer was man of the match, but I got asked to go down and do an interview with Tony Gregg as well, just because it was such a unique occasion. And and he said to me, he said, "Oh, it looked like an absolute beautiful wicket. The stayed the wicket, the pitch stayed together out there." He said, "In your, you know, how would you rate that Test pitch in your Test career so far?" <laughs> and and I, the, I just said, "Mate, it's in my top two. <laughs> so that was the first answer that came to mind. And heard a little chuckle from a couple of the cameramen around, and, and that ended the interview. It's on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> and that is it. That is the winning run." The Australians have pulled off what I think is one of the finest victories I've ever seen in Test cricket. Right, um, big Test career, 96 Test matches, 5,500 runs, 1,700s. How many catches? 416, 17, 18 catches. Lots of catches, oh, yeah. lots of catches. A so good, A lot of good bowlers that were providing a lot of dismissal opportunities. So we've just uh, picked out a couple of series. Yep. So we've already spoke about the 99 uh, yep. one. Skipped ahead to 2001, yep. India. Now you head to that series, you haven't lost a test match mm. at that point, 14 uh, in a row, uh, Australia going for 16, they'd won that one yep. in Zimbabwe, um, Australia in 5 for 99 in yep. deep trouble and then you and Matthew Hayden put on uh, 197, you get 100, yep. Haydos gets 100 as well, uh, turn the game around and Australia win that. He get the single, that's a great test match 100 for Adam Gilchrist, his second in test match cricket. And it's put Australia in a very strong position here in this first test. Just your thoughts on, on your first test match in India and how much momentum did you have after that first yeah. test? Oh, we were a confident unit, uh, definitely. And that was a bit of a sort of the holy grail for Australian cricket. 31 years, I think, Australian test teams had been going there at that yep. stage and without success, somewhere around there, 30, 31 years. I think 69, 32. Bill Laurie. Yeah, so, yeah. so a long time and being able to dominate everyone home end away except for India and uh, so that was a holy grail um, yeah 5 for 99 went in there got 100 off 80 balls and I thought 
we won in three days. I just yeah. thought, what have these blokes been doing for 30 years? <laughs> how easy is this? <laughs> and how wrong I was because we only got to fast forward then to the next test match and uh, uh, came back to reality. But, but at the time, um, yeah, that, that was symbolic of us as a team. We were just so confident. We had sort of most bases covered pretty much. And even in, when we were on the back foot, we felt like we could just attack, attack, attack and would get out of it. And, yeah, as would turn out by the end of that series, we probably needed to learn how to put a handbrake on just to get a holding pattern yeah. rather than attack, attack, attack because it doesn't always work. Royal Kolkata, Australian mate, 4.45. Yep. Um, did you get your first golden duck of yep. your career? Um, did you hit it? Shocking decision. <laughs> now, if Harbison Singh hears this, please, Harbison, I'm not still carrying a grudge. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but it pitched outside leg, I hit it, but it was before DRS. And, oh, mate, Harbison, he, he bamboozled mm. us all series, 30-odd wickets in three tests. But uh, So, yeah, I was in the middle of the hat-trick. But mm. I remember sort of walking off with a bit of a wry smile, sort of thinking, well... Smashing them last week. I'll be right. I'll get them in the second innings or next test and take the good with the bad. And didn't really think too much about it again until we fielded for about three days straight yeah. because we bowled them out and then made them follow on. <laughs> yep. Well, I was going to say that's thumb. Steve Waugh pretty much killed the, the follow on. Yeah. You know, match, didn't he? No, no one's really done it since then, haven't they? Just not with any great confidence. Not with great confidence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then. Uh, End up bowling another 180 overs or something. So I think I squatted up and down. <laughs> I think it was somewhere around about 1,300 times in between my first ball dismissal in that first innings yeah. and then having to bat again in the second innings. And I guess I know where you're leading to with um, this line of conversation. No, I'm just going to say, well, you know, you did get a golden duck in the second innings. I, that I, was a better decision. I, that was plum. Yeah. <laughs> Satchin of all Satchin. bowlers. Yeah, and he set me up. Don't you know? Had the field, and in my mind, I'm going, "Don't sweep, don't sweep." He wants me to sweep, and so I sweep. First ball, <laughs> I was plumb. And it's a big shout! And out. First ball, first innings, first ball, second innings. And Adam Gilchrist tried to sweep a ball that was nearly a full toss. Yeah, the great leveler. I mean, yeah. I was probably. I, I said it in jest about saying, "What's everyone been doing in India for 30 years?" But I. I that was the reality check that hang on mate don't mm. get too carried away here and uh extraordinary game um i think oh, managed to play in a lot of unique test matches that's the most unique whether it's the most special or memorable mm. or, i'm not sure but it's right up there you just knew straight away you'd been a part of something pretty extraordinary there's not many test matches where a side can be so dominant and mm. so almost close to victory and then swing it all the way back yeah i remember that in you know we they, Dravid and Laxman put on the big partnership that we all know about and they batted all of day four mm. and then they came out and kept batting for most of the first session of day five and I remember saying, what are they doing? They're, not only have they fought their way back in, but now they're just killing the game. It's, mm. They're going to force a draw when they should be attacking and, but they just know their conditions so well and they knew how fragile we were mentally by that stage and exhausted physically and mentally um, and, yeah, and Harbison turned it on again so many wickets you did better in the third test match 
Yeah, I got a pair. So I, the, I started my own club with the first ever Australian cricketer to have a king pair mm-hmm. in test cricket. So that's good. I've now been joined by Ryan Campbell, which is handy. It's Ryan uh, Harris. Ryan Harris, yep. sorry. Um, which is a much better AGM uh, and golf day. <laughs> you but, sound um, like Damien Fleming here. Yeah, that's right. With his <laughs> but uh, yeah, a pair of zeros. And then I went and improved in Chennai, didn't I, with a pair of ones. LBW to Hamajan again. Were they out? Plum. Yeah, Absolutely right. plum. I was going to say, because there was a lot of LBW decisions in that series. Yeah. What would the series outcome be if DRS was? Oh, I got no idea. Oh, poor, I mean, you'd um, have poor to go umpires. Back and, yeah, you'd have to go back and it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to go back and look at it? Not again, not because you uh, begrudge anyone anything, yeah. but just just to know historically how things might. But yeah, I'm sure there was a lot that we wouldn't have on tape that were big appeals that were given not out. So yeah. it'd be hard to judge. But um, oh, he he was extraordinary. Gee. He bowled well, and he was a bit of a nemesis for me right through my career. I, I found him and Murley probably the two hardest bowlers to face. Oh, he's got it away. This will be it. He'll come back for the second. India have won the Test match. India have won the series. The Test match and the Test, this wonderful Test series is over. The streak was ended in mm. Kolkata, end up losing that series, and you've yep. said that your two uh, most memorable series... Were 01 in India and then 05 in England. Yeah. And out of 30 Test Match series, they're the only two you only lost. Only two we lost, <laughs> yeah. Which tells me that um, oh, it's widely acknowledged that we're a pretty strong, successful team and, and it meant the opposition had to produce something pretty extraordinary to beat us and, and that happened on both occasions in India. I think the quality of Test cricket in both those series was as high as, as any yeah. uh, that, that, that I had seen or been a part of. Um, so... Yeah, 05, England just rose to another level on you know, a whole lot of contributing factors, but it was, again, sitting at the Oval, I guess jumping forward to the, the, that fifth Test match at the Oval where they rega- regained the Ashes. Uh, you could only look around and go, well, that's a pretty special moment, uh, part of history. It's not part, I'm not on the side of the history that I wanted yeah. to be, but you're there. I was going to say there are some words you're not allowed to say on this podcast, uh, curse words, you know, things like that. Uh, the F word being one, flint off. Yeah. But we've just... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it we're, was a dirtier <laughs> word than the other F word in my mind at that stage of my life. It was horrific. Got him. We may as well skip to that. Um, you've spoken a lot about just how him coming around the wicket wasn't even a real plan from yeah. for any was he just sort of came up with it on the spot and it worked and he kept doing it. Because the foot marks over the wicket were too deep, so he yeah. went around the wicket and here I was thinking mastermind of Michael Vaughan yep. and Freddie, chief strategist, but uh, happened to nip one through and hit my off stump and then that was it. Plan was set. What would you say if you could go back and tell yourself after that first dismissal when you started feeling uneasy? What would you what would you tell? Adam Gilchrist then about what's going to come and how would you counter Freddie at that point? Yeah, that's a good question. I would, I would uh, certainly analyse just my technique and my setup, and you know try to strategise more ways to counter you know that new angle. It wasn't the first time anyone had ever gone around the wicket mm. to me, but and funnily enough, I didn't have any particular. Um, feel like I had any weakness against a left arm bowler bowling over the wicket on it that similar angle, but um, but I I wasn't one to tinker with my game too much and get too technical. It was just 
do the basic thing the same enough times and it'll come trust that and i resisted doing anything different through that and mm. and and then before it was too late so yeah probably the advice would be look at more of it on tape mm. look at what adjustments i could make like whether i took guard over on off stump or batted further out of my crease or um or even batted on leg stump and sort of offered my stump so it, it sort of changed his mindset a bit but i didn't do anything yeah. i just thought no no i'm just gonna what's got me here i've got to trust what's got me here and i was probably a bit stubborn in and resistance resistant to change because you know as we all know people at some stage can fear change so mm. yeah so that'd be probably what i tell myself now because the thing is the preceding tour you guys went to new zealand mm. and you belted the black caps around the numbers are what is that, 343 runs yeah. 172 you got a couple of hundreds and a 60 not out in three yep. innings uh that was after 68 test matches averaging 55 yeah and why would you change was, yeah. that, was that was that peak gilchrist do you reckon that was yeah, when you're I at think, your best i think through that period i think i might have even snuck 100 against pakistan in a sydney test before we went to new zealand so it was yep. uh probably that that was a, a golden run as far as batting's concerned for me and um yeah so i i felt life was good it, it was you know we we knew that england were on the rise under yeah. vaughan's leadership and flintoff starting to show some signs and then there was the, the speculation that kevin peterson might join the team qualify for england he did well in the one day as the old joffre archer technique yeah so <laughs> rush him in <laughs> but um but we were pretty we, we were probably a little bit slightly didn't have our um eyes right on the op- opponent particularly having finally got back just go back a step to 04 where we finally got to India yeah. and won. That was, as I say, that holy grail achieved. Maybe we didn't reset our focus and well enough and um, and they, they rose to another level. Oh, what a catch. What a catch from Andrew Strauss. Full length diving away to his left and he's plucked one out of the air to get rid of Adam Gilchrist. Last one on 05 before we get back to 04 because that was a really, that was a huge series, 2004. Yeah. Um, the team song after the, the Lord's Test match being sung in, <laughs> yeah. in the home dressing room in England yeah. dressing room. What was your Risky feeling about business. that? Risky business. <laughs> well, I remember hearing that going, they must have been cursed. Yeah. Once you've done that, like, yeah. bad karma. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't remember any of us saying, no, JL, don't <laughs> take it into the England channel. Like, we'd all had a few sherbets by that stage and were pretty merry. And, and, it, and life was normal, wasn't it? First test of an Ashes series in England. Lords. We'd been had Ashes for 18 years, smashed them by a couple hundred runs. That stat is not truly indicative of what took place in that Lords mm. test match. You know, from what we saw from Harmison, from KP getting a pair of 50 not outs yep. and really stamping this sort of positive approach on their batting. Um, and, you know, the brilliance of McGrath probably masked a few things. So, yeah, but for, in our mindset roll on and yeah we'll probably get ken going and sing the song wherever we want and say what we want about him but mm. uh there we i think in the back of our a few of us like oh maybe wait till we've got the urn flying <laughs> a bit close to the sun there okay 2004 no ponting mm. you're the captain yeah i was scared you were scared yeah from the moment the ball hit his hand at edgbaston in the champions trophy to see punter react uh, uh this is pre the indian tour uh yeah, catch came through and a rare one that he dropped, or it might have even been a drop, it might have bounced before, but a rare time when you see punter show any pain out in the field, and then he went off, and he just doesn't do that. Mm. Um, and then the next day, confirmed, broken, 
out of the majority we think of the Indian tour coming up and that's where I started to panic as vice captain thinking I'm going to have to not only go to India now where I was already panicking about going back to after my <laughs> sort of come back down to earth experience in the back end of that 2001 tour um, I had my own mental demons to deal with and mm. then to go there and have to captain the team I was scared I was nervous and worried and so I spoke to my wife on the phone about it um, you know that next day and she said has have they actually asked you to yet and i said no and she said, well they might not so <laughs> so I went, oh, okay that's fair call cool. but um as vice captain they, they did ask me to do it and as it turned out it turned an absolute blessing in disguise for me to allow me not to worry about yeah. my game and myself like prepare but that just was my mind was busy on strategy tactics trying to build the team Cult, you know, not culture, we didn't have to change much, we were going well, but yep. just get the, the tour plan set and implemented. And the first test was in Bangalore and, um, and it all kicked off really nicely for us as a group. And I think that focus that I had on the rest of the team helped me individually. Got that 100 in the first test, your first innings there, Michael Clark to booze, yeah. gets 151. Uh, you guys end up winning that test match. There's a draw in Chennai that would have been an exciting yeah, it final would have been a day. Big finish, yeah. 200 or so and the yep, Australian needed 10 wickets. Day 5 pitch in Chennai. It was, they, they, they probably feel like they had their nose in front but but I, you know, day 5 test match pitch in India, anything's possible. And then Nagpur, uh, make 398. Martin had a great series, got 100 there. Clark amongst the runs. Gillespie, 9 wickets, just missed uh, that 10 far. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing your face when that catching. Martin took the, the catch on the mm. boundary. Warney bowled the, got the last yep. wicket. And there it is. It's a great catch in the deep. And that's a perfect finish for Australia. India all out 200. Shane Wan picks up the last wicket. What did that mean for you? I mean, you just talked about being scared and worried yeah. and nervous about it. Um, an Australian record, 35 years, Australia go there and, yeah. and finally win in the subcontinent. It just looked like you'd won five grand finals all at once. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, that's the highlight of my my personal highlight of, of my cricketing journey was was us succeeding there and not in any way am I indulging the fact that I was a captain. It was a team collective effort. Of We changed our tactics a great deal. I mentioned in 2001 we had to... What we learnt was that we can't just attack our way out of every situation. We had to learn to swallow our ego and go defensive and, and that was very much um, part of the, the whole collective mindset of the group. The bowlers had to take a step back and run in with a new ball with one slip and a sweeper on the leg side and things like that. So it was a um, big strategy change. John Buchanan was a major part of it. Um, even Steve Waugh and his influence from the previous experiences there. And, of course, Ricky, who wasn't playing but still you know, liaising with him a lot. He wasn't there for the first two tests, but he was there by the time Nagpur on the sideline still. But he was... The, the real leader, uh, I was just sort of had the reins while I was out. So collectively of that group, I think that was the, the absolute summit point there. And um, yeah, one day cricket, some amazing World Cup stuff, but that, that was a highlight for me. 
Important thing comes back in the fourth test and they lose. And we know, lose in so two days. So. <laughs> <laughs> On a pretty good pitch. On the worst pitch. cricket pitch I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, Clark took six for nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah. This emotion, you'll always see the Aussies win a test match or a series and show a lot of emotion. One thing the Aussies can do is enjoy their success. We're seeing a little bit more emotion here. A lot of talk about this tour for a long, long time. And now they're tri- triumphant. 35 years it's taken to get this back. We'll wrap up now. Uh, Last couple of series, 06, 07, the mm-hmm. revenge tour, yeah. 5-0. Um, you'd had a pretty rough patch with the bat yep. since the end of 05 until that 100 at Perth, yep. 57 ball one. Looking back, I mean, you spoke about that 100 so many times. But yeah. what about the release yeah. when you got it? And one of the questions I'm sure so many people want to know is that when you're on top of a team, when you're dominating attack and you look around and the captain's clueless, the bowl doesn't mm. know where to bowl, what's that feeling like when you know you've got a such a hold on the op- opposition fun it's <laughs> really fun that 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 innings reminded me why i played cricket and that was why we all started playing cricket because we enjoyed it and yeah. we had fun uh particularly as as a as a batsman just simply the feeling of the ball coming right out of the middle of the bat um it's no more exhilarating feeling is there when you particularly if you're going to try and hit one over the top and just for a split second you know that you've Yep. creamed it um, and same for a bowler I suppose running in and just bowling seeing the stumps knock back it was just uh, reminded me of just having fun with a batting partner out there Pup was flying and um, yeah so it was timely for me that I was considering retirement I'd sort of made my mind up the mm. night before really that I was going to pull out at the end of that series um, but fortunately I was persuaded otherwise again by Mel my wife and um, another very good friend of mine but uh, and that then gave me another sort of 18 months of, of cricket on the back of that but uh, yeah it was a it was a fun innings it's, it's the most often talked about innings but it's not yeah. my best innings ever what's your best one um, my favorite innings is was I think 49 in Chennai in that second yeah. test match where <laughs> I think that was probably one of my most important innings but there's nothing too sexy about that you it, went up to three didn't you yeah I've sort of Promoted myself, again, sounding like a big head, but uh, went up there to try to be positive uh, just to erase the deficit of a lead that they had. Um, and that ended up washed out draw. Um, probably another one, the most important one, I think, was in Bangladesh, yeah. which, uh, again, people go, oh, that's your token 100 against Bangladesh, but they had us on toast <laughs> in the first test there. But, uh, but yeah, that I understand why the discussion is focused on the... Perth one and it was an Ashes test match and nice to to uh, get in on the action final. And uh, there goes uh, a drive now. Will he come back for the second? I think he probably will. Clark comes back. He's going through for the second. That's it. Magnificent. Adam Gilchrist the century. The second fastest in the history of test cricket. Two more questions for you then we'll let you go. Uh, 07, 08. India, home saw, your last test series. Yep. Another 16 in a row for the yeah. Australian team. So you're part of both of them. Hypothetically, if the, the best of that 2000-2001 uh, team played the 06-07-08 team, who comes out on top? <laughs> 01 punter versus 06 punter. 01 Gilly versus 01. Uh, yeah, right. A couple of changes in There's personnel. A few little no changes. War. The core of the group sort of there, weren't they? Bowlers were pretty similar, yeah. Wow. I don't know. Where are we playing? <laughs> we'll go to Gabba. Gabba seems to be the best wicket. <laughs> um, 
you'd have to you'd have to think maybe the the latter team because we're all a little bit more experienced and yep. you know as I say that that oh two thousand two thousand one period we were all a bit hell bent on just going hell to skelter <laughs> we yep. didn't know how to stop so <laughs> by the time we got to that oh eight age oh seven oh eight age um, we all probably would have tried to put the skids on us on the opposition and test the ego a bit and knew we were going to get away with it finally your retirement um i think you said that you dropped a catch off brett yep. lee vvs laxman pretty regulation yep. for a week keeper and you just said you knew then yeah that's when you were done uh, yep. and that was the day after that you took the the world record <laughs> for most dismissals yep yeah it just realized that um just realized that on the replay on the big screen uh which i saw about 35 times <laughs> um that i was just a fraction behind where i needed to be and that was symbolic in my mind of you know my training around the time my focus on on the team on on cricket not wasn't disliking it wasn't hating it it wasn't a case of, oh geez i've had enough i don't want to be here but i realized you know at training i was just taking a few little shortcuts because of other things in my life family um you know commercial interests uh, sponsors and things mm-hmm. that slowly the more you're at exposed at that level you you get exposed to and and started to catch your attention a bit um and i just knew i didn't have the absolute 100 percent commitment to it that i guess i knew i'd had up to that point to get there and to maintain it i just and i didn't want to wrestle that um, yep. It was a realisation. I was just, just behind the pace and I didn't want to wrestle that. Would you change anything? I know you had those, those two about losses. About that decision? <laughs> no, about that decision. Oh, about no. your career. I mean, you're, you're, no. you're 20 years. No. No, no I'd never... never um, I've never looked back on it and think, well, you can't change anything. So I've never sort of really it's thought about yeah. what would I change. But um, uh, Except no. that uh, referring that... LBW to Harbour <laughs> No, I'm honoured to be part of that first ever hat-trick to an Indian cricketer, particularly and, a bloke as good as him. And an exclusive club that you've uh, formed That's right. off the back <laughs> That's of it. That's right. Um, you talked about being exposed in the back in your career. You're still well and truly exposed because uh, you're part of Fox Cricket, Foxtel, yeah. KO Sports, um, second phase of your cricket career. Yeah. Enjoying that? Loving it, loving it. Yeah, it was been... Um, when I first left cricket, I didn't think broadcasting and commentating was where I would go. I had five years out doing other stuff before opportunity came up with the Big Bash mm-hmm. uh, when it was with Channel 10. And then obviously when the, the rights changed, Fox asked me to come on board and I jumped at the opportunity. So, uh, yeah, brilliant to be in and around the game. Um, still get the buzz of the big, you know, the, the big crowds and game day. Uh, and But still be able to uh, enjoy it all with with a team mm. you know with the, the people that you're alongside because it's a big it's one big massive team operation from on camera to off camera and production and uh, and yeah honored to be in and around it fair to say your preparation is a bit different because we have to let you go and get your makeup on yeah <laughs> that's right that's right and that takes a while thank you so much mate further mate pleasure
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.